Hey there, this is the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I am your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 10, Decluttering Your Mind. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited about this week's topic, but before we jump in, I just wanted to talk about a couple of events I have done in the past few weeks. One was a really fun night with a fantastic group of women up in Utah that my sister put together, and another was a fireside for some super sweet young women and their parents um, in one of the wards in my area. And both nights were just wonderful. And the response I got as um, I shared this information, I was really just blown away at how this work really brings clarity and inspiration to people. And I love the enthusiasm that they have as they learn about these tools. And it reminds me of the feeling that, of excitement that I had when I was first learning them. And looking back over the past couple of years and seeing how far I've come and helping others apply this work and seeing their progress, it really is just the best and I'm so grateful to be a part of it and to be sharing it. So thanks to all of you who came and participated and I look forward to doing more events like these. They are so much fun. Okay, so I have a question for you. What do you want more of in your life? Well, one of the most common answers when people are asked this question is, can you guess? Happiness. Not too surprising, right? My guess is that most of us want to feel more happiness in one form or another. Now, interestingly, the amount of happiness we feel is a result of our psychological and emotional health. But most of us, as we've talked about, aren't really formally taught how to achieve this. We've kind of learned to attend to our psychological health only when there's a red flag or an extreme issue. So when speaking of psychological health or... Our society is generally focused on treating and curing mental disorders, which means essentially taking someone from a very low functioning state to a normal or baseline state. And if you think of it in terms of a number line, it's taking someone from the negative range back up to a zero where, quote, normal people are. And this is what psychology has generally focused on, um, is diagnosing and treating these mental disorders, which is very important, right? But what about people who are functioning but still struggle? That's a lot of us, right? Most of us. And most people I know don't want to be satisfied with just hanging out at the, quote, normal zero range. They want to push themselves. They want to grow and progress and really evolve from where they are now to the next version of themselves. And so this is where coaching comes in. Coaching incorporates um, some concepts from positive psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy as well as other areas. And it takes you from that baseline normal zero range to a positive one. And coaching helps you um, really take responsibility for your feelings and your results you're getting in your life. And it teaches you tools and concepts that increase your confidence and help you improve your relationships with yourself and with others, and teaches you how to successfully set and reach meaningful goals. Um, I think coaching really provides a safe, non-judgmental space for you to identify and observe your own story that you have about yourself and your life, 
and discover what's optional in that story and then choose deliberately the story that you want to have about yourself and the paths that you want to pursue. So there are different types of coaching and I was trained in what is called causal coaching. And causal coaching doesn't just treat the symptoms of your problems, but instead it really helps you to get down to the root of the root cause of your issues. And so you can think about it in terms of, say, a broken arm. A broken arm manifests itself with pain, right? And medication will alleviate that pain for a time, but it won't actually fix the problem. However, when you, when the actual cause of the pain is treated, which is the broken bone, right? The real problem that's causing the pain can then be resolved. So when I'm coaching a client, I'm helping that client identify the subconscious thoughts and belief systems that are causing them to suffer emotionally, and then guiding him or her through the process of alleviating that emotional pain. So back in episode two, I introduced you to the self-coaching model and this is the number one tool I use in my coaching and I use it in my daily coaching of myself as well. It's a powerful tool and a really great thing to become familiar with. So to recap, the model is comprised of five components, the first one being the circumstance. And the circumstance is just a fact, it's something that happened, something that someone did or said, something that is happening, but remember it has to be factual. So, for example, the statement, my son is horrible at math, is not a circumstance because it includes opinions and judgments. Even if those opinions and judgments seem true, that still doesn't make them a fact. So instead, maybe you would put, my son has the grade of a D in math. And that would be a circumstance because you can look at his percentage and see that his scores average out to what would equal a D. And so you would have a way to prove that. So saying he's horrible is more just like a way that you're describing your interpretation of that. Okay, so the next component component of the model is the thought line. And this is where the magic happens because as we'll talk about a little bit later, your thoughts determine everything else in the model. Your thought is the interpretation of the circumstance. And the interesting thing is that we don't have any control over most of the circumstances in our lives but we do have control over what we think about them. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way, especially if you haven't been taught that you have that control. But honestly, that's one of the most important things I've ever learned is that I have a say. I have control of and can supervise the thoughts that are in my head. It really was one of the biggest aha moments for me, and I love the model because it's a really simple way of actually uncovering what we're thinking as well as seeing how that thinking is affecting so many other things. So again, to review, our thinking or our thoughts trigger chemicals that cause us to feel something. And the next line of the model is the feeling line. And so our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions are simply a vibration in our bodies, but they feel like so much more than that, right? Our emotions are one of the biggest motivators for the things that we do. We're wanting to feel a certain way. And the emotions we are feeling are so important because they are going to fuel the next line of the model, which is the action line. Our feelings and emotions are going to drive the things that we do or the things that we don't do. And I think it's interesting that when we make a to-do list or set a goal, it's all about action, right? We're writing down what actions we want to take, what we want to do. And if you've ever wanted to take action but just couldn't get yourself to focus or be motivated to do what you told yourself you wanted to do, 
Understanding that your feelings drive your actions is a real game changer because now you don't have to rely on sure willpower to stick to your goals. You can take action from a place of real empowerment, from emotions that are generally, genuinely going to fuel the things that you want to do. And of course, the last line of our model is the result line. And it's just the result that your action is producing, what's cause, what it's causing you to experience in your life. So I think the fascinating thing about the model is that it is always working in your life. Whether you know the model or not, whether you believe in it or not, the thoughts that you have and the beliefs that you have are going to affect your feelings and your actions. They are a manifestation of what's going on inside of your head. So it makes sense that you would want to really become aware of and deliberate about what you're thinking, right? I recently read that about 95% of our brain's activity is subconscious, meaning that we aren't aware of it. Which if you think about it, there are so many things that our brains do every day that we're not even aware of. All of the systems of our bodies, like our respiratory system, our digestive system, circulatory system, many others are constantly working without us even doing anything. It's pretty amazing actually. So with the brain running all of these systems and keeping us alive, it makes sense that our brains would want to be efficient, right? It's going to take work to consciously supervise our thoughts and our brains are going to want to resist that change. They're going to want to remain efficient. But I think knowing that it's possible that your brain really can change is huge. And it's really hopeful, actually. Just because we have some things working against us doesn't mean that it isn't worth the effort, right? In fact, the things that we struggle through and have to work for actually become stronger and more solidified for us. So don't get discouraged when all of this isn't as easy as it sounds. There's real purpose in the struggle I found. So going back to what we talked about with causal coaching, the reason this type of coaching is so powerful is that it gets to the root of why you are suffering emotionally, which is all in your thinking about the situation. So many times we think the cause of our problems is the circumstance. We think it's because of our husband's unwillingness to help around the house. We think it's because of our children's behavior. We think it's because of what our mother-in-law expects of us or what that person at church said that was hurtful. We think that our pain is coming from outside of us when really it's coming from what we are making that thing that happened outside of us mean. So this work helps you to retrain your brain so that it doesn't automatically make these circumstances mean these painful, awful things. Remember that you get to think and believe whatever you want. You have your agency and you get to decide how these things will affect you. So deciding that you want to think something different is the first step, right? That awareness of what you're thinking and that you can change that thinking is super important. But there's more to it than that, right? Well, that's why I love coaching because for a long time, I knew I could change. I believed I could change, but I didn't really understand the how. And coaching really opened my eyes as to the how and how I could change my thinking. So our brains have what is called neuroplasticity, which means they can actually change. They can change physically and chemically. And in doing this work, practicing deliberate thinking, this is exactly what we are doing. We have these tiny cells all over our brains called neurons, and these neurons communicate with and send signals to each other, and they are part of the reason our brains have the efficiency of thinking that they have. They allow our brains to think and behave and respond very automatically. So when we initially have a thought, a very faint neural pathway or connection between neurons is created. And then the more we think that thought, the stronger that connection becomes. 
And a way to visualize this is if you think about two trees in a forest, and let's say you walk from one tree to another, and you'll probably leave a little mark in the undergrowth on the ground, but only slightly. But if you were to walk back and forth between those trees several times a day, after a while, that path would become very obvious, right? And the undergrowth would get cleared away and that path would get easier and easier to walk on. And you can also think of it in terms of a muscle. Just like the more we use a muscle, the stronger it gets. And the more you think a thought, the more efficient your brain gets at thinking it. And then that thought becomes very automatic. And this is when our thoughts seem like they're just facts. They don't seem like we're choosing them or like we have control over them. They don't seem optional. It feels like we're just making observations of how things really are. And another interesting aspect of this, we know our thoughts trigger emotions, right? Well, when an emotion is linked to a thought, particularly a powerful emotion, that thought becomes even more automatic and effortless and cemented. And then the emotion seems like it's just happening and not necessarily triggered by our thoughts. So that's why it's helpful to know the model and be able to use it to see what your thinking is creating in terms of your emotions and actions. And this is also another reason it's really helpful to have a coach because a coach isn't emotionally attached to your thoughts like we tend to be. They can look at our brains from a completely neutral perspective, which is really helpful in identifying those troublesome thoughts that we might not be picking up on. So knowing that our brains are basically being programmed by these billions of neurons that are creating trillions of neural pathways, it's no wonder that our brains seek efficiency, right? And eventually this program becomes so automatic that it just seems like it's a part of us. It becomes part of our identity. But here's the best news. Just as these neural pathways can be learned and strengthened through repetition and practice, they can also be unlearned and weakened as we replace them with new, more conscious and deliberate thinking. Now, I like to think of this process of managing my mind as similar to cleaning out a closet or a junk drawer or anything that tends to get cluttered. Now, I'm getting better at keeping the clutter down in my closets and spent some time cleaning out drawers and cupboards after our big repipe disaster over the summer. But one area that I struggle to keep up with is my purse. So I have this huge, really cute gray and white striped bag that I love. And I think I love it so much because I can fit everything in it. And I mean everything. This purse is so efficient at holding stuff that I just keep putting more and more and more in. Never mind that it takes me five minutes to find my keys when I need them. Never mind that important papers get lost and forgotten and then found months later, crumpled and faded. Never mind the fact that if anyone actually looks inside my purse, they would be horrified by the disaster. So the other day after searching for my keys much longer than I would like to admit, I decided it was time to do something about this bottomless pit that I call a purse. So I dumped it out. Yes, I actually dumped everything out of it onto the floor and I started organizing. And as I went through this pile of stuff, I took a look at each item individually and I just made a deliberate decision about whether or not I wanted to keep it. And wow, did I find some junk that I did not even know was down in there. There were gum wrappers and expired receipts and old gift cards with no balance left on them and a sticky half-eaten lollipop in a wrapper, thankfully, that wasn't even mine, and I'm not sure how it got there, and just a bunch of little odds and ends that probably belonged in the garbage can and not in my purse. And of course, I found some important and useful things that I wanted to either put where they were supposed to go or return them to my purse in a much more organized way, of course, because they're important or useful for me to have when I'm out and about. 
So after this process, I was left with a beautifully organized, clean purse with only the essentials. Um, and I was down to only one lip gloss instead of the five in there that I couldn't even find most of the time. And it was such a great feeling. Do you ever clean out a closet or a room or your fridge or whatever and you just keep going back to look at it because it looks so wonderful? Well, that's what I do. And every time I grab my purse to go anywhere, this little feeling of freedom and accomplishment kind of washes over me. So even though it's just a purse that I had cleaned out, it was like this weight was lifted. And now that purse is organized and streamlined and it does exactly what I need it to do. Now, what if you could clean out your mind just like you clean out a purse or a junk drawer or a closet? If you just dump everything out of it and put back what is only useful and necessary, well, guess what? You can. All of that talk earlier about awareness and deliberate thinking, neural pathways and repetition and the model, this is how you do it. So I've talked before about a thought download and this is where you start. This is the dumping of your brain. Just like I dumped the contents of my purse out onto the floor where I could see and examine all of it, you can dump your thoughts out onto a piece of paper or type them into your phone or whatever is convenient for you. And when your thoughts are out of your head where you can actually see them, then you can really examine them and discover what's going on in your mind. And as I've mentioned before, sometimes the thoughts that come out of our heads can be a little shocking. Like, wait, I don't believe that. That doesn't sound very good. But remember, so many of our thoughts are unconscious. That efficient brain is really good at thinking things that aren't necessarily true. And when some of those thoughts come up for us and we become aware of them, we think, well, I know that's not right, but that doesn't mean that you don't believe it. Take, for example, the thought, uh, maybe some people are better or more important than other people. Well, that's not a very nice thought, right? That's not something we would ever say out loud or teach to our children. But how often do we really believe that? How often do we gauge our value or importance or lovability um, of either ourselves or others based on things like um, careers or church callings or talents and abilities or houses or Instagram followers or weight or other physical features. The list could go on, right? And logically we know that these things don't determine worth or importance and that we're all children of God with equal value. But deep down, we might still believe that these things really do make some people better or more privileged or more blessed than others. So when you do a thought download, don't be ashamed of or judge your thoughts because the more shocking or ridiculous the thought sounds, the more emotional pain it's causing you. And when we're not aware that these, we have these thoughts and beliefs, we think the pain is coming from outside of us and that we can't control it. So really taking a deep dive into your head is the best way to begin this process of getting the clutter out, getting out those thoughts that are keeping you stuck and that are not serving you in any way. And when you see the kinds of thoughts that you're having that are dragging you down, it's kind of like my purse. No wonder it was so heavy when it was full of junk I didn't need, right? No wonder I couldn't find anything important in it. No wonder I was feeling stressed and frustrated. My purse wasn't serving me the way that I wanted it to with all that clutter in it. So thought downloads are a great thing to really get good at as far as gaining awareness. And I had no idea that sticky lollipop was in my purse until I dumped it all out. So get out your paper and pen or your phone or whatever and practice downloading or cleaning out your brain. See what comes up for you. Try to dig deeper and ask yourself why certain circumstances are a problem. What are you making them mean about yourself or about others? 
Give this a try and on the next episode, I'm going to give you some tips about what to do with the thoughts that you found that are weighing you down, that you've identified as junk and that you don't want to keep anymore. Now, one quick thing I want to remind you of when you're dealing with your mind and your thoughts, it's really easy once you have awareness that you're in charge of your thinking to get down on yourself for even having negative or painful thoughts. But remember, you're not doing all of this to judge yourself. You are doing this to become a watcher of your mind, to get to a place where you can see that your emotions and your actions are coming from your thinking. So if you're critical or you get discouraged about what you've been thinking, that's not going to be very helpful. It's not. It's just going to create even more mind drama. So don't get down on yourself for not thinking positive, perfect thoughts all of the time. Just be curious about why these thoughts are in your automatic thinking. Ask yourself, why am I thinking this? Why does this seem true to me? Kind of examine where that thought originated and why you think you're hanging on to it. And another thing to remember is that managing your mind is like managing a closet or a purse in that it takes consistent effort to keep it clutter-free, right? I can clean out my purse and then a couple of weeks later it will be full of the same junk again if I haven't been managing what I, I let go into it. And that's true of anything that we use. It's not like we clean out our refrigerator once and then everything just stays tidy and organized and perfect, right? If we're using something often, which we use our brains every day more than anything else, it is going to get a little messy and that's okay. But now you know that you can take the same tools and principles you'd use to organize something in your house and use them to manage and declutter your mind as well. And it's something you will continually have to work on and keep in, keep up on, but the effort is so worth it. It becomes such a game changer when you really learn how to manage your thinking. Your brain is the most powerful tool on the planet. And I believe that managing your mind and the thoughts inside of it is one of the most important skills you can learn. And that's why I love delving into these concepts and teaching you to utilize this amazing tool of your mind to improve your quality of life and help you become just a more confident, deliberate version of yourself. So if you go to my website under the work with me tab, I have a calendar where you can sign up for a free, absolutely no strings attached mini session. This is great if you have questions about the things that I teach, if you'd like help doing a thought download or running a model, or if you're wondering what a session with me looks like, you can just come and chat um, with me and I would love to help you out. So slots are filling up pretty quickly. So come and grab yours while they're still available. Okay, I'm signing out for today, but I will see you back here soon. Have a great week, everybody. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to check out my website at motherhoodelevated.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session to see what working with me looks like, as well as find information on classes I offer or get on the list for some weekly inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's motherhoodelevated.com. Have a great week.